Before we begin, please note that none of the information in this episode constitutes a recommendation, solicitation, or offer by Galaxy Digital or its affiliates to buy or sell any securities. Hi everybody, welcome back to Future Proof. This webcast and podcast series discusses digital assets for the modern financial advisor. Each week we focus on a single question. Today, how do you build a plan around Bitcoin? I'm Jonathan Bronstein with Financial Advisor IQ, and as always, we are brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. Now, before we get started, some quick housekeeping. If you've been enjoying this series, or even if today is your first episode, please note that there are six other episodes that you can listen to anytime you want. You can find them on Financial Advisor IQ in webcast form or on your favorite podcast player. Just search Future Proof in Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, or most anywhere to find the full lineup. Now, we have a fantastic discussion for you today. We are happy to welcome back Steve Kurtz to the show. Steve is the head of asset management for Galaxy Digital. Hi, Steve. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. And we are also joined today by Tyrone Ross Jr. He is the CEO of OnRamp Invest and has been recognized as a young financial advisor to watch. And just like Steve and me, Tyrone has never made an Olympic team. That said, he's come really <laughs> close a few times. So uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Tyrone. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm honored. Thank you for sharing your platform with me and looking forward to this conversation. You got it. All right, let's get to it. We have 20 minutes on the clock. Tyrone, let's get to know you for a moment. Olympic, Olympic hopeful turned financial advisor. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your clients, and your relationship with digital assets like Bitcoin. All right, really quickly. Um, I am the son of superhero parents, Carol and Tyrone Ross. Um, I always say this, I'm proudly a first-generation high school graduate. Um, and that's what I like to hang my hat on. It was born with a PhD, poor, hungry, and driven. Um, I was introduced uh, to, uh, so you live two lives in crypto. Everyone does when you're first told about it. You're like, oh, that's fake, right? And then your second life where you actually buy in and you're like, oh, I should have listened the first time. So that was right about 2015 for me. I had a friend who was a Ruby developer and uh, he was talking about it. And I was at Merrill at the time. And there's a few things you do at Merrill. One of them is you don't listen to outside pitches about internet money. Um, but 2016, I bought in and um, had a chance meeting with a startup investor and, and fintech guru, Howard Lindzen. And he was like, look, go all in on crypto. Go all in on a startup space. Learn everything about it you can and get ahead of it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hold myself out as a crypto asset advisor. I'm gonna learn everything I can. So that was in late 2016. Um, and in 2017, went independent and started to build a whole practice um, around crypto. So it's a little, it's a circuitous route after that, but long story less long, um, still a licensed advisor, still hold my 66. So I'm an I'm a independent uh, investment advisor, but also now taking a role as uh, CEO of OnRamp Invest, uh, which is going to prove twofold. One, uh, being on ramp for financial advisors um, into crypto for their clients and then also for the retail investor without, um, <clears throat> not without first providing some guidelines around education and resources. So we're super excited for that and that's where I'm at right now. All right, fantastic. 
Tyrone, do you, um, you know, do you do clients come to you because they're interested in cryptocurrencies? Do you uh, encourage your clients down that road? How has that relationship typically play out? It, it's funny. I always say I'm a bad proxy for advisors because I've never had to pitch it. So it, all of my clients that have come to me have already owned it. They're very smart. They're young. They're tech savvy. They get it. So I've never had to you know, in a planning meeting with a client that's all in on gold, say, hey, have you thought about a 2%? Like, I've never had to have that conversation. So I'm probably a, a really bad proxy in that in that realm. But usually, again, it's it's after podcasts or conferences, or I'm, I'm very active in crypto Twitter and on Twitter. So, you know, folks will reach out. And what's funny is my mentor always said, any good financial advisor will always think to ask the questions clients don't think to ask and then have an answer for them. And it's never about the investments. It's about the, the things that are going on in their lives. So my, my clients are young. They've accumulated very large positions in crypto. And then their question to me is like, well, now what? Like, what do I, what do, I do? Did I pay down my student loans? Do I buy a house? Do I diversify? Because they've been crypto first. So it's just simply exposing them to all of the other asset classes that exist out there um, and getting them to tiptoe there as opposed to getting into crypto first. So that's usually how it works for me. And then it's, there's basic planning um, and then you get into estate planning and, and tax planning and all that stuff. But initially it's just listening, um, getting a feel for what they're doing, where they're doing it, how long they've been in, what they own. Um, but I've, I've never had to actively tell a client, hey, this is, this is an asset you should own. <laughs> sure. Well, Steve, clearly Tyrone's uh, clientele is, is, is not everyone out there, but I think you could probably give us a, a little bit of, that, of what that picture looks like. Are there client demographics that are more likely to invest in digital assets? Um, you know, what are the growing spaces for, for advisors to be thinking about? question that millennials and Gen Z are ahead of the curve. They've been ahead of the curve. Um, you see that in the ownership data. So 12% of Gen Z currently own cryptocurrencies, while 10% of millennials do. And you compare that to something like 7% for Gen X. And I would imagine that the baby boomer piece drops off precipitously after that. Um, ironically, at Galaxy, we feel in the short run, actually the boomers and Gen X will drive forward incremental flows. It's what we're seeing in terms of the 75% of FAs that have received inbound questions about digital assets in the past uh, 12 months. It's almost 60% of FAs that are interested in crypto um, who indicate that they're likely to allocate to uh, Bitcoin in their client portfolios over the next 12 months. And then really behind all of that is the much bigger generational story, which is the long run bull case for Bitcoin in a nutshell, which is that almost 70 trillion of wealth is gonna transfer from uh, the boomers to the younger generation over the next 25 years. And many of those who are inheriting capital will be either looking for new financial advisors or at least looking for fresh ideas. Uh, and, and as we've seen, millennials are uh, many multiples more likely than the older demographics to believe that Bitcoin is the best place to invest um, if, they, you know, if they don't need money for five or 10 years into the future. Aaron, do you see that? Are your, I mean, you, you mentioned that your clients uh, tend to be younger, but are you seeing any more interest from older clients yet? 
Um, so again, bad proxy. I don't have many older clients, like the older, right, right, right. The, the oldest clients I have are the oldest millennials. So it is a demographic story. So let's back up here. There's mm -hmm. 73 million millennials in the US. There are 43 million 10 to 19 year olds that are growing up with digital everything. So Bitcoin to them is just going to be like, oh, this is what money is supposed to be if I'm 18, 19. But the oldest millennials are 39, 40 years old right now, right? Or Xennials, whatever they say in this week, right? But so if you look at that, again, that 25 to 40 range where, where most of my clients are, and even going older, peak earning years, right? Some of them are really starting to come into their own. Again, there is that wealth transfer. Again, the number change over, changes overnight, 30, 20, 40 million. It's a, it's, it's a T, right? Like a trillion dollars is gonna be transferred. But I will say this, from personal experience, and I've had the luxury of having conversations with some of, not even some of the largest RIAs in the country. And I will tell this story, and I won't tell on who it is, but there was a 70, 80-year-old client. Client had a lot a substantial amount of money with this very ginormous RIA. They had no way to buy for this client. So they had a 20 something intern open a Coinbase account for this client. Yes, exactly. Everyone's uh, everyone, like it is. <laughs> so, so a couple of things there. One, that's very sad for our industry. Two, it shows the demand and three, it goes to show that even those that are 50, 60, 70 years old are looking at this and going, I want a piece. And I want a piece so bad that I will have someone that's the age of one of my grandchildren open an account for me. But again, one of the things that I've been pounding on the table on, and, and I've been saying this for so long, that is not good for the registered investment advisor industry or the industry overall that, that that's happening, right? That that has to take place to satisfy client demand. That's not okay. So if you're looking at it from the sunny side up, yes, the demand is there from that older cohort. The part that worries me and the part which again, I'm looking to solve is it's not easy for an advisor to satisfy that demand right now. Um, and that needs to happen sooner than later because the floodgates are going to open again. And right now the advisors just don't have the infrastructure built for them to handle the demand. It's just not, it's just not there yet. Absolutely. Steve, I'm sure you have some thoughts on that as well. Yeah, there, there's a lot to say. And, and that story, you know, as, as much as I said, oh no, I mean, I, I've been, I came to the crypto game in 2017. And uh, as you said, in 2013, I was, a, I was a partner at a credit hedge fund and someone told me about Bitcoin. And my first reaction was that's a scam. I, I, honestly, I, I just, you know, I, that's, that's what you say when you're at Merrill or you're at a, at a hedge fund, you, you just think you're in the system and you're blinded by the system on some level. And so obviously I've had my own coming uh, to Jesus moment about Bitcoin and about crypto. And so, so I, we've heard a lot of those stories. The fact is SIM swap risk is real. Uh, you know, the fact is that you got to have good custody. And so, so much of what Tyrone's talking about is really consistent with what Galaxy has been building, bringing case into the uh, the fold earlier this summer, institutional custody, the OCC announcement that allowed for banks to uh, custody crypto as a federal umbrella. That's super important. But I think what's more important than the safety point, and we can go deeper on that if you'd like, um, for this audience, we've talked a lot about the macro reasons to own Bitcoin as an example. We've talked about inflation. We've talked about debt. We've talked about deficits. We've talked about a hedge in your portfolio. 
What Tyrone is doing really uh, importantly and well, he's articulating the other value proposition for Bitcoin, which is not just as a hedge, it's also, it's a growth asset, right? This, 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 is a, this is an adoption story that's generational, that's global. Here, you know, here's someone who's telling you about his clients that are learning about the stock market after they learn about Bitcoin. You've never had that dynamic. And so I just think it's important for um, the listeners to understand that Bitcoin is many things at one time. And there's a lot of different reasons to like it. And if there's only one thing you take away from today, pay attention to the demographic story, pay attention to the growth story for Bitcoin, which is as valuable, if not more valuable than the macro hedge digital gold uh, story that we've talked about so much with Bill Miller and Mike Novogratz on this podcast. Absolutely. And you know what? I want to get into uh, some of the nuts and bolts here. Um, Tyrone, you know, tell us about building a plan around Bitcoin. What, what does that mean? What, what, you know, what does that portfolio ultimately look like when they come in with a lot of Bitcoin and you make it a well-rounded plan? So a couple of things that are very important. First of all, kudos to you all for the title of this, because everyone talks about I said this at the beginning of the year, the crypto theme for this year, and it remains consistent through COVID, through the, the world falling apart, is how do we get financial advisors in the pool? I said that from the beginning in January, it's still the case. The problem is no one knows how, starting with the title of the things that you start to get financial advisors in. So advisors here plan, they perk up, right? Speculation or you know, 30% uh, returns in an hour, they're kind of cowards. So <clears throat> kudos to you for that. Here's the other part. There's not a financial advisor in America right now that can build a plan around crypto. We don't have the tools. That is the truth. I can tell you first and foremost, I've had to use so many tools away from me from the legacy infrastructure to be able to plan. So luckily clients have had portfolios They've used outside tools that we, I, they can share with me. I've tried integrating with eMoney. And when a client has to manually input their crypto positions, they use some unflattering words about the legacy financial infrastructure and planning tools, and they opt out. So there's no way for an advisor to plan right now. That needs to be built. Now, you can piecemeal as I have. But I think what you're trying to get to is this. I think what again, and, and Steve hit on it well, Bitcoin is a lot of things. It depends on which lens you're looking at it from. So let's just say an advisor does want to plan and he goes to his planning tool or software and it is available. It's coming soon, advisors, hold on. And he talks to the client, he has a conversation with the client. He says, all right, we're going to model in, right? Research shows some optimal somewhere around four to 5% allocation. And say the client is younger, they're willing to take that amount of risk. Now, where does that fall in? Is it the commodity? Is it an alternative sleeve? You have to look at what that looks like inside of that client's portfolio. Not before, and this is what everyone is forgetting when they try to get advisors in the pool, demographic of the client, risk profile of the client, tech savviness of that client. That is going to determine what that portfolio looks like. Because by the way, if the client is 30, and they own 80% of equities, and now you want to put Bitcoin in there, right? Now you start getting into your sharp ratio and your standard deviation and all the stuff they told you on a CFA exam and CFP, and you get all giddy. But at the end of the day, it's going to be tied to a plan. What type of plan? A financial plan 
that is tied to that client's goals, right? So if I'm 50 or 60, that's a different conversation than a 30-year-old because now I'm saying to that 50-year-old, you're going to live another 40 years, Mr. and Mrs. Client. Paul Tudor Jones says that this asset, and it is an asset, by the way, is the fastest horse in the race. Look at, again, and I, I don't really get into the global macro story, but that's important here when you're talking about that because where are you going for any type of meaningful return if you look 10, 20 years out and then that 50-year-old client goes, oh my goodness. A 30-year-old client says, well, if I'm young, right, the, the, the stock market, everything has run away from me, where do I, right? And, and young folks almost look at it as a savings mechanism, opting out of the traditional system into somewhere where I can put my dollars and see meaningful growth. So I think that plan is, has a lot of factors because we can't actually do it. And if you do it, it should be a part of the plan. You have the client's goals, you have the client profile. And I think not before you look at all of those things, can you look at Bitcoin and one say, how much should that allocation be? What is the client's current portfolio look like? And then when adding Bitcoin, again, which you cannot do, if you add that into the client's personal portfolio right now, how does that change the dynamics of that client's goals and the risk profile and the risk management and you know, the returns, the risk and return profile of that portfolio? Um, Long-winded answer there, but this is why I get so fired up about this is because tremendous opportunity, but for right now, for advisors, we're hamstrung. There's not much we can do without speaking a lot, but not having the tools to demonstrate what we know is true. I'd, I'd love to build on that if, if you don't mind, because I, um, I think one of the, one of the biggest I don't know if it's a mistake from the crypto community. Um, you know, we, we probably as a community weren't prepared to engage the FA and wealth uh, space until now for various reasons, fundamentally, whether it's custody or the macro picture. But three years ago, one of the biggest mistakes was starting every conversation with Bitcoin. Meaning we get it, Bitcoin's interesting. It, it's a tool, it is now without question a macro asset. But what, what Tyrone's talking about is, it's not the tail that wags the dog. Right, you got it, and, and when we talk about the word plan, uh, you know, partly because at Galaxy we come from the traditional financial world, we look at it in a portfolio context. It's why we wrote a piece called Bitcoin in the Modern Portfolio. Hey, we're going to run, uh, you know, the, the standard modern portfolio theory against Bitcoin and tell you where sharp, sharp optimization occurs. Turns out it's between, you know, 50 basis points and 6%. Okay, that's a wide range. Let's talk about the individual investor here and see where they fall in that sharp optimized path. You know, the other side of it, you say alts or commodities over time, that may change. We've pretty clearly taken the view that this is an alternative and, and, and other people can disagree with us, but we, you know, we did a deal with case case is a big player in the alternatives space uh, uh, within the RIA community. And, and they looked at this and they said, look, this is an idiosyncratic asset. It may not be a hedge fund, it's just Bitcoin, but it's idiosyncratic and you got to learn more about it and you got to dig deeper on it. And you have to, you have to figure out what to do with it and how to size it. Therefore, it's an alternative. And so I, I agree, we don't have the tools yet, yet to be planning the right way. Um, we have taken down some of the barriers with custody, with access through case, with education. And so those walls are falling down. One of the interesting reasons why Bitcoin is a compelling buy at prices today is because you can see the walls falling down and you can anticipate the other walls falling down. If all the walls were down and it was easy to access, Bitcoin would be at 30,000, you still may wanna buy it, but wouldn't you love to be part of a growth story along the way 
And of course that gets to sizing and other things, but that's really the value proposition for Bitcoin today as a standalone macro asset. I have one other question that, that I do want to get in for, for that advisor who, who is, you know, working with their client, their client holds Bitcoin. He's working with them on the rest of their portfolio. Are there uh, particular assets that you see as, you know, either complementary to Bitcoin or assets that, hey, you know what, if you're holding Bitcoin, you don't want to hold this to because, you know, that, that risk, you know, together is not going to sit nicely. I, I, I'm assuming you mean of all assets. So I'll say yeah. this as far, I, I have seen it in complementary to gold, right? Folks that own a little Bitcoin, a little gold, and a little silver. So yeah, I do think it, it complements a portfolio really well. Again, always tying it back to what the goals of the client are, what their portfolio looks like before you suggest it. That's very important um, because you inserting any type of new asset is going to change the dynamics of that portfolio. I'll add by saying this, in my opinion right now, as far as crypto goes overall, I encourage all advisors, it's Bitcoin now, hard stop. Stop there, right? And, and learn as much as you can. Get very well versed and simply converse it. You don't need to know SHA-256 and mempools and all this other stuff. Your client is not going to expect you to know that. Be conversant. Just simply understand some of the lingo and some of the options and some of the things that are out there. So you got to remember as advisors, this is very important. This is the first asset in history led by retail. The retail options are incredibly robust and so good. So you need to be aware of that. Um, and the institutional side is very slow. It's coming, but it's very slow. But I think right now in the crypto from the crypto portfolios, Bitcoin or, or bust, that's it, hard stop. But I do think it can sit alongside your traditional alts or, you know, um, your, your commodity, commodity sleeve of a portfolio, even venture, right? If you want to look at it that way. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And maybe what I'll add, just to not repeat, Tyrone, is, is when I said earlier that Bitcoin is a macro asset, what I mean by that, uh, and, and we're speaking to, you know, predominantly a U.S. audience, but I think it's still a relevant point. The U.S. dollar is really important to everyone's portfolio, and it's implicitly important. It's, you know, people get paid in dollars and they pay their bills in dollars and, you know, dollar denominated assets make up most of a portfolio. And, and so, you know, just by its nature, it's important. I think since COVID, everyone understands the dollar story in terms of, uh, you know, the deficits and the profligacy that we're seeing and the continuity of that and the path of that. And so when you, when you ask about other assets, the correlation bundle of gold, silver, and Bitcoin to the U.S. dollar, it's not the same because Bitcoin's a little more volatile, but they're moving in the same direction relative to the dollar. And there's a reason for that. And so it's really important. Everyone, so forget Bitcoin for a second. Everyone needs to understand what's going on with the dollar for a portfolio uh, that, that's looking forward five, 10 years. And then you have to look at how you protect potential dollar degradation. And Bitcoin is part of the conversation, as Paul T Tudor Jones has said. Um, I do agree that, that Bitcoin is probably the, pl the place people should start for crypto. It's just, um, you can always go deeper. There's so many other things to talk about, but all the infrastructure and really where big players are starting is Bitcoin. Um, Galaxy built an index with Bloomberg. We did that back in 2018. So it's called the Bloomberg Galaxy Crypto Index. There's going to be a time for these other assets and it's starting to get there. Um, the first step on that front was let's get good uh, exchange data and let's get a consistent picture of what it actually means to invest in the other cryptos across the space. So that's the kind of stuff you need to see continuing to happen on the back of an index like that. 
custody and other things are following. Um, Bitcoin is the story today for all the reasons that we talked about. Uh, I think that it's a hard asset which could either fit in commodities or alternatives. Uh, and I think that the best way to learn about something uh, candidly is, is to have a, a small piece of your portfolio in it. You pay more attention, you learn more. Um, this is part of a bigger five, 10, 15 year uh, story that can include other assets, other digital assets, but we're talking about the here and now, and that's really a Bitcoin story from my perspective. All right, gentlemen, Steve, Tyrone, thank you both so much for your time. We really do appreciate it today. Uh, to our listeners, we will be back in two weeks talking about the digital payment space with Mike Novogratz and Wall Street veteran Zoe Cruz. This podcast is a production of Financial Advisor IQ, a service of the Financial Times, and is brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. My name is Jonathan Bronstein, and I produced and edited this podcast. Our music is written and performed by Oliver Mack. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.